I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. Presented by First Light, creating proven, versatile hunting apparel for the stand, saddle, or blind. First Light. Go farther, stay longer. And now, your hosts, KC Smith and Tyler Jones. Welcome to Rut Fresh Radio. I'm your host, KC Smith. The October lull and the acorns are making things tough around the country with some weird weather thrown in there as well. However, man-made food sources seem to be the ticket this late October for killing big, giant bucks. This is Rut Fresh. Let's go. Welcome to Rut Fresh Radio. I'm your host, Tyler Jones, and I'm sitting next to KC Smith. This podcast is brought to you by First Light, and these two guys are brought to you by the Nebraska Furniture Mart couch. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> bringing it back. That's cool huh? out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, so uh, here we are sitting on the couch looking at a, a front rolling in, KC. The front has some moisture in it. Uh, maybe some lower temps, but I think uh, more than anything, we're going to see those lower temps hitting later this week. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of anticipation, it seems like, across the country about what's going to happen with this this drop. And, you know, as usual, the front's going to hit different points of the country at different times throughout the week here. But I think it's something that is to be noted that there are a lot of people right now that need to be getting on a weather app and checking out when things drop and figuring out via Onyx or whoever they use where is a place that I can hunt a north wind? That's exactly right. Figure out what your north wind stand is and get there because yep. it is coming in from the north-northwest. Um, by the way, mm-hmm. after the first front day, oftentimes you get a northeast. So just yep. keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like those northeasts because it's like the second day and everything's like kind of chilled out mm-hmm. pretty good. I'm trying to capitalize on this this week. I'm headed up north country from here, go do a little hunting, um, and – we are actually both have been scrambling to um, increase our personal on our own properties, our 
man-made food sources mm-hmm. uh, this week because in Texas, food plots, you know, you can watch some guys from up north or even in the Midwest, uh, you know, do the food plot thing, and it looks awesome, and I love it. And we do all that work down here, and then you end up with just dirt because the rains don't come. Or yep. the rain co- – what happened at my house, at least, I have poor soil, very sandy soil. Um, the rains came, germinated the seeds, and then the oven turned on and cooked all those seeds. Uh, so you have bread? Yeah. I have all these loaves of bread, and they, <laughs> deer don't eat them. So uh, it's, uh, it's kind of like try and try again down here. So uh, we've been trying to get some food plot stuff out in the ground. I've got some cereal rye to put mm. out. Um, this I love evening. cereal, man. Um, and it seems as if um, a lot of people are having success right now on those type of food plots. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, so and, and I actually uh, hunted. So we planted a similar time, uh, and mine ended up coming up. Yeah, and yours is better than mine. I've got a little bit of wheat uh, coming up. It's not that great, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. And Michael and I have sat one time back there, and we had a group of pigs come in, and it sounded like. The cookie monster was in the field with us. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> they were just eating these little tiny wheat sprouts, mm-hmm. you know, and they were thin. It's like, it's for whatever it's worth, it's tasty enough that hogs will take that big old mouth and eat like <laughs> one wisp of a, a wheat, you know, and yeah. at a time. It's like it means enough to them. And I think that deer feel the same way about it. It seems like it. I least. just wonder what their little <laughs> taste buds are like yeah. because I've eaten a lot of things in, in, like just little grass wisps are just about as low as it gets yeah. on the taste scale. Um, for a soybean to it, <laughs> yeah, I for sure would eat soybeans <laughs> over that. <laughs> um, but this past week, or not this past week, but recently, I also set a food plot on some public. Mm. Funny enough, that was pretty much just brassicas, which is the northern word for turnips. And oh, I thought you said brassicas. Yeah. It wasn't in Braskers, um, <laughs> but it was it was uh, some purple tops and some icicle radish, it looked like, and, and uh, I have never got to sit and watch deer just do the thing mm-hmm. in that, and it was very, very cool. Yeah. Um, it's it's It kind of gives you a little insight in the way deer's minds work. They, like, don't stop moving, even though they could just stand in the one place and eat it mm-hmm. the whole time, but they just meander all the way through that stuff. Uh, and I was just interested to see how they eat that stuff too, because they don't like pull it up and eat the whole green. They don't like pull it up and eat the whole like tuber or whatever you want to call it, the whole root. They like bite the top off and then chew like the stalk per- portion and don't eat the leaves hmm. and just throw it down. And then they'll go along and, you know, because they only have teeth on the bottom. Do you think this is a time of year thing where they would do something different when it got colder or something? Potentially, but I don't know enough about this stuff, you know, because we don't get to hunt them that often. But it seems as if once it gets really cold, they go to eating the the turnip more, from what I've heard, Mm -hmm. right? But these deer would go around and take them bottom teeth and scrape on the, you could hear them just on those turnips out there, scraping off shavings and eating that. Basically eating dirt. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but that video actually is going to come out on the Element YouTube channel here pretty soon. Um, mm-hmm. And um, there was a big buck that came into the turnip plot. We'll just say that. Um, but yeah, man, like it's it. I like, kind of opened my eyes to the fact that um, those things can be pretty. Because I feel like you never see, you know, deer eating those things around here. But I think they do. Yeah. And I think it's just hard to see 
the deer pressure on a field like that because they just you look at it and you're like oh nothing's eating that because it's all there still well a decent food plot has more food than the deer can eat mm-hmm. you know yeah but yeah anyways I, it's uh it seems like at least from from my intel that a lot of people right now are really preferring that green food mm-hmm. source even over corn uh as far as like uh field corn you know i guess you'd mm-hmm. say um and it's it's it seems like it's it's working it's for whatever reason, you know. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people in certain areas have acorns like they've never seen. I know for us around here, um, we haven't seen just a ton. Even, uh, you know, the other day I had some pretty good success on public land and didn't see hardly any acorns around there. There's a few here and there. And, I mean, that's pretty ideal, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can really focus in Find on that. Find a hot tree. Yeah. Um, but it hasn't been just... It seemed like it's just been crazy around here, mm-hmm. but I guess if there's enough of them to for the deer, then I mean, there's certainly like our trail cameras have been slow the last week or two. I feel like they have, man, so, real slow. Yeah, and I think that um, we have trail cameras, you know, in different parts of the country, even, and, and it's that way. So there's some stuff going on. A lot of us need a frost too, yeah, because that frost will knock down a lot of that natural browse outside the acorns. Mm-hmm. You know, it even rots some acorns if you get it cold enough, but. Um, you started out talking about this cold front that's coming in. This is like whitetail hype week right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm about to go hunt it, but I'm a little torn, and I want your advice for the, everybody here as well, uh, because you've killed seven bucks already this year. Uh, <laughs> actually, it's not that many, but it's half that. Oh, hurt my uh, back. You, you have don't make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've uh, you've done some killing, man, and congrats on that. But Thanks, um. Dude. And I've, I've hunted with you a long time, and I know that you think about this stuff very, very strenuously and make some good decisions. All that to say, we have a cold front rolling through. It's at a good time of year, but it's actually not like top-notch rut dates. It's just on the cusp. Do you treat it differently than a November 6th cold front? Like, say, October 30. Like, the 30th is like the heart of the cold front right mm-hmm. now, I think. Mm-hmm. I I think you do. What what do you do different? I think um, I still would be hunting um, two things, and it would be more than likely I would hunt. And, you know, when you show up, you the big part of when you show up to a place is taking a little time to understand what's going on. It's like it's like when you get to a riverbed as a fly fisherman, mm-hmm. you can go to casting or mm-hmm. you can watch for rises yeah. or you can flip over rocks. Right? Yeah, I really try, funny you say that, I really try to not have a fly tied on whenever I go to I the, don't. the I'm, river. I don't. I'm the worst, dude. I can't stand <laughs> it, dude. I, I'm no. like, I ain't flipping that rock over. I let KC do it but there tell are me what's going on. <laughs> there are times of the year that you just know having a hopper on is going to work. Yeah, yeah. Right? So sure. like, we're kind well, of in that. That's the time I like to fish. That's so. right. Me too. <laughs> we're kind of in that with, with the... Yeah. Yeah, for We're sure. becoming Mark Kenyon right now. Is fly fishing talk? We better stop. I but, know. Um, well, it is his podcast. I know. I mean, uh, <laughs> maybe it resonates. Yeah. Uh, um, no. So I think that I guess what I'm saying is, um, outside of seeing what the, what's under the rock or what rises are happening right now in an area, I would go into an area the first afternoon I get there without knowing anything, and I would either hunt a scrape that I can find, or I would hunt deer very similar to early season. Just with mm. the with knowing that they're going to move earlier, so mm-hmm. essentially, probably if you had just if you could just pick exactly how it goes down, you'd hunt, you know, a hundred yards from buck bedding or a bet, a bedding area that typically will hold bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And and in between a hundred yards towards the food source that they're going to destinate in that night. So, 
that's like ideal for me. Now, um, if you're, I mean, I, I have an idea about the area you're going to potentially, and there may not be a great just food source mm-hmm. and there's may not be a great pattern to travel. So I think in that case, definitely finding pinches and stuff is going to, is going to still be okay. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't have the food source, you don't have the bedding nailed down, then it's going to be okay. I don't think, I think you could hunt them a lot like a rut in a pinch or, or a funnel and just hope that that deer funnels through there going to food in one way or another or going to a scrape in one way or another. But I just don't know if they're going to be just in a, in a zombie walk yet, you know? Yeah, for sure. Here's my thoughts on it. My, the, my best experience with this, a cold front at this time is, I believe, 2019 Iowa. Is that right? We were up there? Yep. Um, we had a cold front roll through, I believe, on the 28th. Yeah, I think that's right, Was too. Was the, the first day it came in. It was like six inches of snow. We were freaking out. We didn't know what we were doing. You know, <laughs> it's so cold. But um, we saw deer frolicking, for one. But they the bucks were, were very aggressive towards one another. They might not have had, like, hot does, but they were definitely, like, working things out. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to try to capitalize on. I, yep. I feel like my rattling antlers are going to be mm-hmm. a big thing. That's a good idea. Me. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That is that is a good idea. Man, uh, do you think that if you stuck a buck decoy out somewhere, it'd be a good idea? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. In fact, I believe, so uh, we've done Rut Fresh for a few years, and we've uh, interviewed this person on our own podcast a few times as well, but Michael Hunsucker is a big believer in buck decoys uh, this like last week of October. Yeah, uh, I've seen him do it quite a bit, and, and so like I think that that could definitely be advantageous for a person for yep. sure. Yeah, um, and yep. you know the reason I say it is because Mike is a big buck killer. So uh, <laughs> I believe when he says things, I believe it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he is man. Yeah, he's not on Rut Fresh this week though. I believe he has been recently. I think last week. Yeah, last I week. Can't, dude, the the days you know, <laughs> it gets all confusing. As, as Keith Urban said, days go by. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um. Man, what a classic song. Oh, uh, so good. Feel Feeling, man. Uh, Tyler, Good vibes, as you like to say. Who is on Rut Fresh this week? Uh, so we've got our very own Stephen Ranella. He's going to give us a report from leading Oklahoma. the charge from yeah. Oklahoma. Just, a, I mean, just a passionate whitetail hunter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just absolutely much more important to him than mule deer hunting. I believe it, man. He he definitely doesn't get to do it as often as he would like, but he, he does love to pursue America's most popular big game animal. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got um, Chris B. up in Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. He's a good friend of ours from the past. Uh, not, the, not the ghost of Christmas <laughs> past or the ghost of Christmas <laughs> present. They come in and know me better, man, Mr. Sam Hogan, right, who's yeah. got a report from us from uh, Ohio. And then we also have uh, Dave Skinner, who's just uh, somehow is just always killing these bucks despite uh, having a beard that I don't know how he sees past. <laughs> that thing is a mondo. I mean, the dude is just the beardiest of bearded guys. Big, big, He's killing big beards and bigger bucks, man. I'm telling you, Kentucky uh, buck slayer for yeah. sure. So that's what we've got on the, on the podcast this week, and they've got some good information. These guys are worth listening to, I promise you. They, they know a lot about killing deer. Cool. Well, let's get them guys on and see what they have to say about it. Now on the phone, I've got Stephen Ornella uh, from Meat Eater, and his favorite game species is white-tailed deer. Steve, what's going on, man? Hey, thank you for teeing that up like that. <laughs> it's going great. Dude, I, listen, man, we, I, I 
we just were down in Oklahoma hunting out of tree stands, man. And I had so much fun. I was just telling my uh, friend Giannis that I can't stop thinking about it. Um, <laughs> I, I grew up, I grew up hunting tree stands and just being back up there and how much stuff you see. Cause you're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. You slip in there and then a couple hours later, the whole woods forgot that you're there and you see a lot of stuff. It's cool, man. Dude, it's our cool. cameramen freak out more about big squirrel footage than they do big deer footage. They love it. <laughs> you know, the squirrels just come crawling down, they film them. It's just, <laughs> they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And, uh, t- uh, I was with Tony Peterson. He had a bobcat come in under his tree, totally unaware. And I don't know the last time you tried to sneak up on a bobcat. That ain't easy. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it, was, it was such, dude, it was such a blast, man. Oh, that's cool, man. I know, uh, Tony was pretty pretty psyched about how everything went. You guys had a little success there, right? Oh yeah, we did. So we had we had well, we had four full days to hunt. We had an extra evening. So what, what's that make? Four point five days. Sounds good. Um, he got two bucks. Uh, I hit a spike and lost it. I got a nice. Um, I got a nice little eight point Michigan eight. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, I like it, man. Uh, man Bringing the it, eastern it, it, influence yeah, into this dude, thing, you know, it was great. It was, it was a bummer to lose one, you know, and you know, I tried to learn lessons from it and all that, but I, I just, I hit it too far back, and um, we looked and looked and went back and looked and looked and looked, and just can't, couldn't pull it together. Sure, man, it happens. That's uh, that's bow hunting. But, oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's fun to be close. So, what were they? What were they doing? Why were? Why was that tree such a special place to sit? Eating, just feeding. Yeah, chilled out. Like no, I mean zero anything of zero anything of like cruising behavior. Mm-hmm. Zero, you know, no posturing, no interest in does, dude. Uh, hot, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Eating on acorns, checking out beneath persimmon trees, mm-hmm. just real leisurely, real leisurely. Mm-hmm. Not like not traveling. Yep. Hmm. So, did you see much as far as like scrapes or rubs? Did it seem like the the bucks had been laying down any of that type of sign? Dude, two scrapes about the size of a um, two scrapes. Both had been freshened up, but they weren't as big as my laptop. Hmm. Huh. Gotcha. Uh, close together. And like, it's funny because we, we never saw any sign of that. Uh, we never saw, not any sign, saw signs, we saw scrapes. Never saw that buck. Hmm. And I actually hunted that spot and, and saw a little three inch spike. So he wasn't the culprit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they had been, you know, they had been done. And Tony, he had run into a couple more. I ran into those two. Um, I ran into those two, but the way things went, we never, we never even hunted them heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, seeing that little bit of sign, but just no interest, um, the whole country essentially is, is going to go through a cold front over the next week and Oklahoma will be the same, uh, with a lot of weather involved as well. A lot of rain in the forecast. What do you think that's going to do to the deer, you know, kind of as we look to the next week? Well, I'll tell you what Tony Peterson said, and um, and he was definitely the brains behind our operation down there. He does a lot of, you know, he does a lot of public land whitetails, right? And mm-hmm. I've been out of that game for a long time. Um, he, it, it was funny because the, the terrible drought down there, so bad in fact that like, uh, there's a couple little dry, like little pools in a dried up creek bed, mm-hmm. just full of all these carp gasping for air. We found a little pool smaller than a car had three beavers living in it they got nowhere to go anyways <laughs> wow 
he was uh he was saying, man, can you know it's funny because he kept saying to me, man, can you imagine if it rained? Can you imagine if it rained how much movement there's gonna be? So I'm sure it's gonna, you know, it was like when we hunted, it was just hot, you know, it was fun, it was great to be out, but it just didn't have that feel in the air. Mm-hmm. And um, and I know Tony was saying that that he was feeling that some cool weather and some moisture would really be what turned things around and kicked it off. So sure. I, I'd, I'd trust him more than I trust me on that, man. Yeah. Yeah. So you scale of one to 10, if you had to pick a number, uh, based off of whatever excitement you might have thinking about scrapes and, and the, the cold front coming in the time of year, those kind of things, what would you put buck movement at on a scale of one to 10 next week? Oh, well, I guess I'd have to say that when my time there, I guess I'd have to say that it was three or four. So it's going to be way higher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's going to be way higher now. I mean, it's happening, man. Here's the thing is it's going to, you know, you got the inescapable reality of, of like length of day. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you, let's say you had a heat wave and that heat wave lasted all uh, that heat wave lasted the next month. It, deer are going to get bred. Right. Right. So it's going to happen. They're going to get out. Uh, if within that window, if they can pick cool, you know, moisture, cool temperatures, they're going to maximize on that right time. So why not? I mean, it's the perfect sure. time. Sure. Sure. Well, cool, man. Well, congrats on, on the success up there, man. Thanks for uh, hopping on the phone with us as a, uh, as a busy dude. And, uh, we'll hopefully see you shooting some more whitetail soon, man. Oh yeah, yeah, and, uh, and 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 thanks for having me on. And just to clarify, uh, you guys know this game better than me, but I appreciate you letting me weigh in. <laughs> for sure, man. <laughs> thanks, Steve. All right, take care. On the phone now, I've got Chris B. He's one of my good friends. He is up in Michigan, the home state, doing some hunting. Well, the old home state, right? Old home state. Yeah, yeah. yeah the origin of Chris B. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how's the capital of the world? That's yeah. it. Yeah. How's it? How's the hunting up there right now? Uh, it's been good. Uh, this is my third day now. Um, and actually afternoon sits have been pretty dang good. Um, they're starting, you know, starting to bump does around and stuff. We had a pretty nice buck last night, just plow through the field chasing after a doe. And then we never saw them the rest of the night, but they're definitely, definitely feeling it. Um, Hmm. morning sits are, have been slow for some reason. I was kind of hopeful, but kind of seems like you know we're not quite to where they're they're on that morning you know or they're juiced up so mm-hmm. um afternoon sit sitting food you know is still kind of the play but they're definitely they're definitely feeling it yeah what kind of food are you sitting uh so thankfully uh one of my buddies here in michigan he put in some good food plots so we're sitting over just brassicas you know and there's also cornfields and bean fields and mm. stuff so we just kind of been switching all around um the acorns i don't know about you guys or what you've been hearing but they've been really really good this year um so not you know i feel like that sometimes throws a wrench in stuff because they're kind of mixed up and mm. more in the woods for the food sources and whatnot yeah. um yeah, so. it's, it seems like that uh, where we're from a little bit right now, um, but I didn't think it was going to be a great crop. So who knows, man, but uh, for you, have you seen more more action on green food sources or grain up there? Um, We have seen more on green, mm-hmm. I would say, if I had to put it on. A lot of the corn here is still standing. Um, 
and I'm sure if they cut it here, it's been wet though. Um, but I'm sure if they cut it here the next week, they'll, they'll switch over pretty hard to, you know, the fresh cut corn they always do, you know, but, uh, yeah, right now, I mean, if you got good food pots, it seems like they've been hammering them. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, we got some weather rolling through the, the U S you know, in the upcoming week here, um, are you going to focus on pinch points or are you thinking still more like we're in that kind of scrape time period right now, you know, as kind of, we get a cold front that pushes through. Yeah, this is scrape week. I like to call it, you know, it's last week of October now through Halloween. It's like find a fresh scrape next to a food source, especially for afternoons, you know, morning, if you want to sit mornings, kind of October 25th is my start of morning hunts. I've been cheating a little bit and hunting in the mornings early because I got limited time here. Um, but that's, you know, October 25th is when I really start doing mornings cause they will start, you know, trying to find the local does a little bit or at least get fired up. Um, but you know, just start and we shot a, a pinch this morning and just had a terrible morning. So we should have, should have not done that. So <laughs> I think it, it just depends on your area too. You know, if you get a hot doe that comes in early for some reason and kind of gets bucks fired up a little earlier than usual, but scrapes, I mean, right now it's scrapes, scrapes, scrapes. It's hard to get jumpy on that stuff, man. You know, we're all just so keyed up on it. Now, it yeah. I want to talk a little yeah. bit about the, the tactic of, of the scrape. Um, are you trying to be able to shoot the scrape? Are you finding access trails to that? Or, or what are you thinking whenever it comes to like sitting up on that thing? Yeah. So good example right now is we have, um, it's actually like a down Oak tree on the edge of this big, maybe one acre food plot and all over the edge of the Oak tree, you know, hanging out in the field is just like five scrapes all torn up. So we got, it, you know, a stand right on the edge of the food plot with that at about 20 yards. I like to shoot scrapes, at least one of them, you know, if it's a scrape line, um, you know, set up to where obviously you're not gonna booger the spot up but yeah i mean i love shooting deer on scrapes because they're one distracted and two it's a good probability you're gonna have a good range on them um and they're gonna be standing still for you for a minute Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so you know i'm I'm all about just hunting right right on the scrape or you know the trail plus the scrape um you know a trifecta of food scrape trail would be you know Mm. Perfect world. I like it. I yeah. like multiplying my variables there. Now, yeah. based off of like weather variables or lunar or just even uh, time of year, in the next week in Michigan, what's the buck movement going to be like? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be better? And, and if you had to rank it on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you put it at? You know, I think it's it's just the time of year where it is going to be good regardless of weather. I mean, we're getting there. It's no longer, you know, good weather is going to help, but we're getting into the rut soon. And it's like you just got to be in a tree. It's it's good to have good weather. Um, it'll enhance the hunting, but uh, they're going to do deer things regardless is how I kind of look at it. I think we got some cold weather coming in soon, though, and that'll help. I mean, it was... 30 degrees this morning it was kind of like the first hard frost and Mm -hmm. i honestly think it kind of shocked deer Mm -hmm. like deer like ooh, it's cold you know and just kind of i feel like that first hard frost they really don't move as much as you would think um Mm -hmm. but i think you know these next couple hard you know this next hard snap is gonna be good i think it's gonna get them fired up Mm -hmm. cool scale of one to ten if you had to rate it i mean i love this week up to halloween i'm gonna say like a oh yeah let's go dude (laughs) i mean especially if you got a good local buck i mean this is the time to kill your local bucks sure um yeah you know or nocturnal buck he's been nocturnal all october Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. get a good weather snap and you know you got him on camera at night hitting scrapes it's like this is the time 
punt those scrapes and and get a good weather and he's gonna slip up you know yep yep for sure man well chris i hope it goes well for you up there in michigan and wherever else you go the rest of the year and i appreciate you hopping on and giving us the report yeah guys good talking get him man Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. Lately, I've been telling you guys about Land.com, the site that can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own where you can do all the hunting, fishing, and hanging out with family you want. Land can be a great investment. Getting your own piece of land is something that can both generate income over time and also generate a lot of memories for generations to come. It's an investment you get to use and enjoy and take care of while it works for you. And any good investor will tell you to start investing sooner than later. Well, they've got hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Land.com can help you find properties for hunting, fishing, a lake house, a hobby farm, or if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound as a way to better secure future generations. Land.com will also help connect you with the right agent that specializes in rural real estate. So enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for, from family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. Let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun. comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want and mom can pick the perfect one. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Make sure you use the promo code MEATEATER because for a limited time, you can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code. The code being MEATEATER. AuraFrames.com, promo code MEATEATER. Okay, on the phone here, we've got Sam Brogan Hogan. What's going on, Brogan? 
having me. Dude, uh, it's been a, a while since I've actually talked to you, but uh, you and I keep up on, uh, you know, just passing on social media. And, uh, dude, it looks like giants just follow you around, dude. Uh, I like to think I follow them around, but um, <laughs> well, you're pretty in, good at that this too. Situation, they definitely made it a little easier on me. Yeah, dude, that's awesome, man. You shot a giant up in Ohio, and um, you know it looked like the the pictures looked just like fall is is there. Are you seeing many acorns dropping, or what? Are you, what is what's going on in the woods there? You got to be careful not to roll your ankles out there. I See, mean, it's, yeah. The, <laughs> the, the, the Hold on, I got the the acorns are, uh, <laughs> are mm-hmm. big, round, and slippery. You can't even continue talking after you say that. I uh, know I had to. Stop. It's so but, dishonest. <laughs> <laughs> but a- actually, I mean they they are hot, but um, where I was hunting was was largely maples. It was there mm-hmm. weren't many oaks. It was walnuts and maples. Um, but in in. Uh, other properties I've hunted, the, the oaks are just going nuts right now. So that's kind of, we've seen a lot of people, that's, especially in like northern states that are that are seeing that right now. Is that affecting what you were doing hunting that funnel that you were hunting this um, this week? Yeah, it, uh, when it's so widespread, it's really hard to key in on like one producing tree or one producing stand. So what I was... Uh, frankly i i switched a little bit to uh to rut hunting tactics and mm-hmm. i was at a, a spot where a couple big ridges came together and uh and fortunately it came together for me that's cool dude so um you know it's weird how some of those those acorns or acorns uh how Thank they you. they <laughs> will be yellow sometimes you know yeah yeah you know the 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 corn flavored one. Yeah, it's crazy, man. <laughs> so talk about, talk about like, you know, truly the tactics involved in that. Like how, how do you find a place to put it? What are you, what are you thinking there? Yeah. So this, this was a, uh, obviously it's private property in Ohio where I killed this buck and, and corn piles are legal. Um, so for us, it was largely a, uh, an Intel. Like we, we hadn't hunted this place in previous years. So it was, a new farm and it was just seeing what was in the area mm-hmm. and, uh, and putting them in semi-strategic areas where they're going to be anyway, but you're just in- ensuring they're going to be in front of your camera. So whenever you do that, essentially you're hunting a deer that just found a new food source. It's not like you were drawing deer in for miles, uh, to like a 2000 pound pile, right? It's kind of more just like a, Hey, let's get him in front of the camera type deal. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, and, and we're, I live in Michigan. So hunting down in Ohio, it's, it's, I'd have to be a much stronger man to get 2000 pounds of corn to <laughs> one, spot, one spot up in them hills. So <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about, um, like, how you strategize shots and stuff in those big hills. Are you setting up a spot like that? So say you have a bait station or you just have a spot that you want to hunt. Are you trying to set up where you can shoot a lot of trails? Or are you trying to set up where you can shoot the spot or are you, you know, just finding the tree and might have to take a 45 yard chart or what does that look like? Well, this, uh, this particular situation was, uh, 
the top of the ridge wasn't like one trail. It was, it was a hundred yards wide. Um, so I was banking on them doing kind of getting a little ruddy. It was the 23rd when I killed them. And, uh, I was, I had rattling antlers and a grunt tube in the tree. And I learned from you guys, um, to make sure that the, uh, the yellow acorns are within shooting range. Um, <laughs> I remember that. And, uh, back, back in Kansas, I think it was like 17. Gosh, or dude, you don't remind me of that. Uh, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to do that Casey. Um, but, but yeah, the, uh, I, I always make sure I've got a, a shot to it. I don't like being right on top of it. I mm-hmm. like being 30, 35 yards away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I set up so the wind obviously isn't going there because your likelihood of getting those fawns, little bucks, something you're not really going to shoot, uh, is pretty high. Yeah, that they're going to be right there. So I set it up with that in mind, but also with all the trails that coming through, um, my wind dropping into one of those bottoms where if they're running the ridges, they're not going to they're not going to get me. Yeah. So in this week, based off off of like variables that may uh, may affect deer or deer movement. Do you foresee it being very similar? And on a scale of one to ten, what do you think the buck movement will be like? Uh, last year, I think I gave it like a six point eight, and then I killed a one fifty <laughs> the next year. Okay. The next day. Um, so I'm gonna give it an eight. Ooh. And uh, it's it's warm until Friday, and then we got a real, real, real cold cold snap at the perfect time. Oh man! So the twenty eighth through, I mean the foreseeable future 28th is when it starts real mm. cold rage let's do it if sam says (laughs) listen if you if you're listening to this and sam says it's going to be an eight you need to be in the woods (laughs) he is one of the most under the under the radar quote-unquote experts at deer hunting that i've ever met in my life so i appreciate don't have to lie to the people listen i know you're a humble guy (laughs) it ain't even deer either dude he's killed (laughs) like pigs elk dude i'm telling you sam just you're like property don't even do that hey you're gonna be the next like eberhardt just like the guy who's got the following man yeah real estate market dude it don't matter you're an expert <laughs> hey, thanks for hopping on the phone with us, Sam, and uh, we'll we'll hope that we get to talk to you again, maybe in maybe from Michigan sometime. All right, let's do it. All right, thank you, guys. All right, now I've got Dave Skinner from Kentucky. He's with Whitetail Properties. Dave, you've been killing some bucks. It looks like, man. Well, I got one on the ground. I shot one uh, Sunday. Sunday was a week ago. Yeah, man. Uh, was it? Uh, what was the weather like when you shot that deer? Just a perfect October, mid-October cold front come through. Got the deer on their feet um, really early in the day. Um, yeah, it was beautiful weather. Had a had a good stiff north wind that day and uh, spit a little rain. Um, he stepped out in the in the food plot uh, like at four fifty in the afternoon. Wow, like baby! Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's uh, what's in that food plot? Not much of anything really. It's a it's a pretty it's a pretty poor food plot and. Uh, um, I will tell you what he stepped out there for was the golden acorns. That's what he stepped out there. Let's for. go! It yeah, works, man. man. It does in, work in, in Kentucky. We can we can bait. I'm not going to hide that fact. But mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, so he come out and get a get a belly full of, full of corn. Sounds awesome. like you were pretty close to where he is living. I mean, if he's there at 4:50 in the afternoon, that's pretty early. Is that strategic that you were setting up close to where you thought that deer was core ranging at, or did it just happen to be something he adjusted to throughout the season? 
So to be honest, that deer wasn't on my radar until the week before, and he started just showing up at that spot. Um, and I actually took a kid in with me to hunt. He he won't shoot, but I took a kid in with me, and we, we set up on him, and the wind just kind of messed us up. I think I would have killed him that week before had, had the wind been steady, but uh, it was a lot warmer. He was coming out right at last, right at last light, and um, then the fast forward the next week he had gone underground i know, I know he smelled us because he just disappeared after that he'd been real regular and um, fast forward a week and this cold front was in and i just kind of you know i wasn't even thinking about hunting that deer uh I, I say that i was trying to prepare a spot to kill him later on in the year uh once he was really doing what bucks do during the rut mm-hmm. which is when i like to shoot them but uh I was at the farm working and he pops on a cell camera at five o'clock Saturday. And I'm like, buddy, if you're going to do that, I will be there tomorrow. <laughs> yep. The wind's going to be right. So sure as the world, that's, that's what happened. The wind was still good. And I slipped in there the next day and he'd done the same thing two days in a row, which don't happen very often. Well, that's cool, man. So with that, I'm guessing, uh, you're not seeing a ton of rutting activity. They're pretty consistent to feed. Um, have you seen any scrape action? Yeah, the scrapes are really picking up. As a matter of fact, I got several bucks on scrapes last night on my cell cams. Um, a new buck that I'm not familiar with showed up last night on on a scrape. Um, and yesterday, we, we had our muzzleloader weekend this weekend, so we shot some does over the weekend. And everywhere we went, there was there was fresh scrapes popping up. So they're they're really hitting them hard. And actually got a, got a buck on camera this morning, dogging a doe in a food plot. Um, so yesterday evening we were out and, uh, it was crazy. We were trying to kill does and I think we'd saw five bucks. Huh. Um, wow. and finally had, a, yeah, finally had a doe step in the food plot, a legit food plot at, <laughs> um, had, uh, at right at very last light. And there was a, there was a three-year-old buck in the food plot whenever, whenever she came in and he kind of trotted over to her. And, and when she showed no interest, he just turned left. Um, huh. so yeah, it's, they're starting, they're starting to get, Starting to get a little frisky. Yeah, it feels a little chippy up there where you're at, man. That's that's cool. So if you were going to look forward to the next week, um, it sounds like you got some buck movement going. If you had to rate it on a scale of one to ten for the next week on buck movement, what would you call it? I'll be honest. We our our cold front's gone, and it's going to be pretty warm all week. <laughs> um, I would probably try to get some chores done and be ready to hit it around Halloween. It looks like there's a there's a front rolling through. I think it's supposed to hit here right about. Uh, right about the 31st so that's that's when i would concentrate um it's just too darn warm i think Mm -hmm. and uh, for for a lot of daylight activity not saying it won't happen but i think it'll get better uh around the 30 30 31st something like that okay so give me that one to ten number though what are you gonna call it right now right now man it's pretty low as far as rut action goes i would say three maybe hey i like a honest answer man a lot of guys get a little bit too optimistic that's reasonable (laughs) look forward to that cold front coming hey dave we appreciate the info man thank you all right guys y'all have a good one that was a load of killer information and if you need more killer information on how to kill a big giant buck the element podcast is your place right now we are doing a rut q a that is extremely extensive little alliteration for you there um (laughs) We're going to have, we have like over 100 questions, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a lot of action packed, a lot of knowledge based information uh, on that QA. So go check out the Element Podcast if you haven't. Um, 
and uh, subscribe while you're there. We really appreciate that. By the way, if you want something more in the textual form, Tony J. Peterson uh, has an article on the Wired to Hunt feed on Meteor.com that is about blind calling strategies for whitetails. And I don't think he means closing your eyes and rattling. Uh, So uh, you better have to go check that out to see actually what works for calling for whitetails. By the way, Meteor Season 12 is out on the Meteor YouTube channel as well. Tyler, what else is happening? The Element has been posting some whitetail content. We've got a Nebraska video that you should go check out. It's insane. There's a 60-yard bomb in that thing. So you can either hate or you can go and love it. <laughs> and uh, there's going to be a lot more whitetail stuff coming onto the Element channel here pretty soon. In fact, Casey and I have to get off of here because we got to go look at four different videos and review them and make sure they are like we like them. And then we're going to put them out on YouTube. So check that out. And don't forget, stay fresh. This is Rut Fresh. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.